0: Time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a whole lot of stories were told. Seriously, it's hard to keep track of everything in the Star Wars universe. Through films, comic books, TV shows, novels, and much, much more, sorting out what is legend, what is canon, and which stories are told from a certain point of view can be a bit tough. We're here to help you sort through that mess and to stay up to date with what's going on in the galaxy. So sit tight, strap in, grab your favorite co-pilot if you want to and get ready to make the jump to light speed. Ladies, gentlemen, Wookiees of all ages, these are the Holocron Chronicles. to the Holocron Chronicles. My name's Mark, a.k.a. Kinerdy and this is episode 9, and I'm excited to talk about Star Wars with my good buddy, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm
1: actually uh, traveling. Uh, I'm actually down about a, about an hour and a half from where I live. I've been helping a friend with a project uh, that involves Legos. I don't want to say more than that. It's been a nightmare. But the nightmare, right. is, almo- the nightmare is almost over. I'm looking forward to... Going home and putting Legos behind me, so I just, <laughs> you know. As as the saying goes, I don't want to talk
0: about it. <laughs> so the the wait a wait a second, wait a second. This is ruining Lego for you. Does this mean you're not going to play any video games? Because no, the only no, games you play right uh, now are Lego games. Is this? You know, I, I feel like I'm able to emotionally
1: compartmentalize my feelings about the Lego games and physical Legos themselves. So okay. while while physical Legos themselves do actually make me nauseous now i'll be in the target or something i'm on my way down to check out figures in the star wars aisle or the marvel dc aisle and the lego aisle is a couple of aisles further than that i'll walk past it and i feel like kind of a death shroud (laughs) feeling like but you know what fortunately now i feel like i'm able to keep the two emotionally separate so it's okay
0: Well, that's good. I hope you won't have too many nightmares of stepping on Lego bricks repeatedly and having no way out. Uh, But until we get too far down the Lego rabbit hole, I also want to welcome a guest. We have Rich Davenport from Great Disturbances and our very own Code 47 podcast. Rich, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great.
0: Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Super excited that you didn't say no to being on another Charlie podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it it, it it would not be a surprise,
0: but uh, fortunately, it was a pleasant surprise that he said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rich, uh, let's let's start off. I know, you know, hopefully, people are familiar with you from uh, from one of your other shows. But if if this is someone's First time hearing you or hearing about you, you want to give a little geek uh, slash Star Wars introduction to uh, to how you got into uh, geekdom or Star Warsdom or or whatever.
2: Uh, well, I guess I can I can go straight to the Star Wars source uh, uh, with that. I I saw the first movie allegedly when I was four years old. I think uh, my parents took me to a drive-in theater. In um, I want to say it's Ohio somewhere, but uh, that that was my first experience with Star Wars. The first cognitive experience with Star Wars was seeing the original right before I saw Empire in theaters, uh, and I've been a fan ever since. I love Star Wars. I uh, I tell this story on my on my show, uh, but I loved Star Wars so much that when Return of the Jedi came out. As a as a kid, I had the novelization, and I loved it so much <laughs> that I wrote it out in a notebook. I wrote, I I, fought, I, I rewrote the pod, the, uh, the excuse me, the um the novelization into a notebook or a series of notebooks,
0: just and like straight up monk style, just straight, like copying right. the Bible, yeah, like yep. the Gutenberg exactly. Bible
1: by hand, like that's yeah, fantastic. That's <laughs> uh, I have never heard anything like that before, and I'm. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm elated and frankly a little terrified. Is that is that like a fear? Is that like kind of a nerd fear boner kind of scenario? Um, <laughs> Potentially, probably. I mean, yeah. I mean, is, is it yeah, in the ballpark? Sure. It's possible. It's possible.
0: There's there's something there that you should probably talk to someone professional about, but uh, that's that's <laughs> slightly above my, 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 my pay grade. Uh, so, Rich, I have to ask, do you do you have a favorite Star Wars film? And if so, which one is it? I have a group of favorite Star Wars films um, I, I think I'll accept
2: that answer maybe yeah it's uh, it's Empire Strikes Back okay uh, the last yeah. Jedi and mm. uh, Rogue one those are okay my, gotcha. those are my that top is, three
1: that is your own trilogy which is very interesting because those films aren't connected in in any direct fashion so no. that, that I, I find that to be very interesting especially yeah, with the last I, Jedi being so controversial with fandom, but you know that, yeah. that's a conversation I've had a lot of times with uh, with Jonathan Sear, who is our other founding secret friend, and he was a college roommate to Todd and myself. Uh, Todd, who I obviously run the other Secret Friends podcast with. that That's a film that introduces so many really, and it's a large part of what we're going to talk about today, so many controversial ideas about Luke Skywalker as a hero, and what he represented, and, and how things can yeah, how his experiences changed him within the time that we um that we saw him
0: uh, between films. Yeah, when when I first saw that movie, I I did like some of the parallels between uh between Empire and the Last Jedi, specifically uh, you know the big revelation of uh, you know I am your father to the the revelation which was I guess later overturned. But uh, I loved the dichotomy of the you're trash you're nobody versus right. the i am your father and you are very special and you thought you were nobody i, I love that dichotomy and and there were a few others uh even thematically of hoth the ice planet and then you see another white planet but it's not snow it's salt and and just just <laughs> right. that kind of very stuff true. you very. know the, these aren't uh ice crystals these are salt crystals and, and just that yeah. that kind of stuff uh so what is it about that movie that that you like about about uh, the Last Jedi specifically, where the other two that you picked are, I, I'm going to say popular choices, if not you know oh, right. slightly, uh, you know like everyone loves Empire. Uh, so many people love love Rogue One. So what is it about uh, about Jedi that uh, the Last Jedi that that gets you?
2: The the main thing for me about the Last Jedi is that it is it's a it's a it's a fantastic deconstruction of all the things that we love as star Wars fans. But more than that, you keyed on this too, Mark, you said that, you know, the the dichotomy of, um, Luke having this destiny and Ray being nobody Mm -hmm. The idea of Ray, nobody plays into every single fantasy that every single star Wars fan has had of, I wish I could be a Jedi. Mm Hmm. Well, you can, you don't have to have (laughs) destiny to be a Jedi. You don't have to be in some sort of like lineage to be a Jedi that, that right there sold that movie to me. The fantastic throne room fight. Hell yes. And I think, I think that Luke's sacrifice slash, uh, power level Mm. is vastly discounted in this movie. When have we ever seen, anybody project themselves across the entire universe, the galaxy or whatever, mm. and trick so
0: many people. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you went with trick. Cause I would have gone with troll. Cause that was such an epic <laughs> <Luke> <laughs> troll. Of like, was, hey yeah. nephew. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: and I think that, I think that Luke really keyed into some of the failings of the Jedi order. And they're questions that I have. There's, these are questions that my, my co-host Paul and I talk about all the time. There's failings to the Jedi Order. Like, why didn't they care that people were enslaved? Don't you think that if, if the Jedi were really fighting for, you know, truth and justice in the Coruscant way or whatever, they right, would
0: yeah.
2: be, like, wouldn't they be on Tatooine, like, rescuing all the slaves? Mm. <laughs>
1: like, right. Which Which, I mean, what could that take, like, a few days? How hard could it really be on you know basically the desert frontier planet? I mean, you see how shitty things are when you see the planet in the Mandalorian. And yes, it's spaced out, but the Jedi have technology and they've got these wonderful superpowers. How long could it really take for them to to swoop down and just go to the you know go to the Hut claims Like, get the fuck out of here! You're out! You're out! You're out! And just, yeah, for sure. Just take this shit over. It would be just really be like nothing at all
0: i think well but you, yeah you're you right kind of think that i i planned that out and i totally didn't i actually was just curious why the last jedi was was one of your favorites but you you just stumbled upon our topic of the month very naturally so let's let's go straight <laughs> into it uh you know for anyone if this is your first time listening to holocron chronicles Every two weeks, we, we trade off. We do a couple of episodes a month, A month, and uh, one of those episodes is a monthly recap of anything that happened in canon. Comics, novels, TV, whatever it is, we go over the canon. And then the other episode is a topic episode, and uh, that's what you've stumbled upon. So this is the March topic of the month. Is the Jedi Order a failure? Were they doomed from the start? Uh, you know, was... was Luke's perspective, basically, in The Last Jedi, that the Jedi, you know, it might be, was it time for them to die? Was it, you know, their time, were they doomed from the start? Uh, that's exactly what we're going to get on. So, uh, so, Rich, you brought up, yeah, Luke's perspective. Uh, maybe they were too big for their britches. Uh, Todd, you just mentioned, you know, they didn't free the slaves uh, you, you, on, you, I, on Tatooine you, or, or otherwise.
1: Honest. Honest, the guy just called me Todd, so
0: I, I'm going to let oh, that Oh, Charlie, sorry, man. I, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, I am running on three hours of sleep. Oh, if what? I start rambling, stop me. Uh, so,
2: what, <laughs> sorry. What, what, what I mean? will
0: First try not to do that. We do. You are absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, Charlie, sorry, Charlie, 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 Charlie. Uh, you, you said they didn't free the slaves on Tatooine and other planets for sure. Um, so, what other stuff? stands out to you guys i guess let's just start this as an open conversation i think uh basically yeah were the jedi a failure is the order was it was it doomed from the start did they have something redeemable or were they in in some respects just as bad as the sith because they were super ineffective so um so rich i think let's let's start with you what were some of the big failings for the jedi order
2: well, I think the the main thing is that they didn't see any of this stuff coming for as much mm-hmm. power as they had. Like, why was their power waning? Was that the Force maybe pulling back from them? Maybe the Force was saying, um, maybe you guys aren't worthy. Maybe maybe you guys aren't doing it right. Right, for right. sure,
0: yeah.
1: And, and that adds up, yeah, if the Force is you know, this cosmic connection that, you know, the Jedi's aren't the force, the force is the force is what gives the Jedi power, it's not the other way around, Uh, is that the force does literally permeate every being of existence. And if the Jedi's ability to tap into it is really garnered on, you know, you think about, you think about in Marvel comics, which I often do, you think about Thor, and you think about the mystical enchantment that is imbued upon uh, his his primary weapon in the classic canon, which would be Mjolnir, the, the, the mystical hammer, which of course the inscription reads, be whoever is worthy shall master the power of Thor, which of course is what gives in Avengers Endgame, Captain America the moment to pick up the hammer in the critical moment and summon the summon the lightning bring that down on thanos to continue to fight him because the universe the force as it were the mystical enchantment perhaps it's all kind of what hey it's all disney right so perhaps it's all kind of one of the same um he really does give him the ability to master that for that reason and so you're right if the force and all of its uh, forciness and its mystical ability looks at the jedi and say you know what? You guys are, you know, my tenet of worthiness is A, B, and C. You fight for what's right. You don't turn a blind eye to what is wrong. Because, again, great example, don't free the slaves. Let's look at episode one. You know, uh, uh, Qui-Gon plus uh, Padme and Jar Jar Grumble. uh, And and that whole crew (laughs) is, you know, conveniently stranded there because they, you know, they – they popped a hole in their gas tank. And so, yeah, they, it was, you know, Doc Hollywood all over again. They stra- end up in the strange town, strange planet. Um, and, you know, they fall in. They meet Anakin, uh, the slave. He's got, you know, this kid's got the juice. He's like, oh, let me, let, first of all, let me steal a little blood. So, you know, he uh, pricks his finger and basically a l- little bit of an OSHA violation, steals his shit, passes that <laughs> off to Obi-Wan. Not cool. Uh, and so they figure out that this kid has what the Jedi Order needs, because even at that point you could tell that there was a lot of dissension within the within the Jedi Order if you compare that point of time to some 150 175 years earlier in the High Republic era which Mark and I have been mm-hmm. talking about and Paul you've have you dipped into that on your show I don't I don't explicitly remember you guys talking about that just yet
2: we have we did the first issue uh, okay in like a little gotcha. mini episode just to kind of like you know kick it off I guess
1: I hear you but I mean it's that kind of thing so you can tell within that series of six issue series and mark i think we're halfway through it or we're what we'll, we mm-hmm. will be when we do our canon update uh in two weeks uh is that this could potentially be a hinge point where the jedi are starting to maybe they peaked and are kind of on their way down to losing that connection because the Force has said you guys aren't doing the things you need to be doing to be to be you know, to be Captain America, to be worthy enough to pick up the hammer that is wielding the Force and having that ultimate cosmic connection to all things uh, that are in the galaxy. Because again, you know, back there on that planet, uh, you know, Qui-Gon, you know, oh, they discovered that Anakin's the dude, but then he's like talking to Shmi and kind of getting the goods and, well, you know, he's got the, you know, I I didn't really come here to free slaves, but I kind (laughs) of want to steal your son. How how does that grab you? (laughs) She's like, yeah. whatever. Things fucking suck around here. Take him. I'm sure it's his destiny or whatever. And mm-hmm. then boom, 10 years go by and fucking crickets for tattooing. Nobody goes back to help those people out there. Like, yeah, you know, we got other, she and I got a thing and we got stuff going on. We <laughs> got to be here. We got to be there. We got blah, 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 blah. So yeah, you're right. The, the, the staggering lack of empathy. And again, that's, one planet, even that that dinner uh, that dinner table conversation they're having about, well, the Republic anti-slavery laws and Shmi goes, well oh, the Republic doesn't exist out here, and mm-hmm. it's it's just like I said, it's just it's fucking crickets. Cargon's like, oh man, would you Jesus Christ, would you look at the time? You know, <laughs> he, he obviously doesn't. I don't know if he doesn't care. I don't know if later if that night he and Shmi got down. You kind of got the vibe. I always thought, but <laughs> again. You know, I'm saying and then he goes off and dies or whatever. So, you know, if he oh, was the one that said, yeah, he, you know, he's not the guy who said, oh, he's the chosen one. You must train him and go free the, sl- You know, maybe that was the last thing he didn't get out. Mm-hmm. So Wan didn't say, well, I gave Qui-Gon my word that I would train the boy and free the slaves on tattooing. So you're right. They just <laughs> don't. They're just like, boy, it's not like it's a prime directive situation like in Star Trek. You know, where that's the main
0: rule, that uh, we cannot interfere with the natural development of native worlds. Well, it, it could technically be, uh, especially in the Outer Rim. So I will defend the Jedi for a second in this one, uh, simply to play devil's advocate, because I kind of agree with you. They should have just gone in their lightsabers blazing and, you know, fixed shit. But uh, there is there are a few fundamental Jedi codes that they have to follow. And one is there is no emotion, there is peace. Uh, would going to free the slaves on an outer rim planet, uh, no matter how many Jedi there were, there was a lot of outer rim planets and they were run by the huts, uh, would that have started? another war after just finishing up the clone wars did the huts kind of have that like okay you know what we don't mess with that part of town because it will start a gang war that we just do not feel like fighting so is that following the jedi code of you know yes we're emotional because there are people that are being mistreated but we can't let that rule us we have to you know peace is the bigger goal here and right now there's at least a tentative mask of peace in the galaxy after again um you know they're well not even starting the clone wars but they're you know they're, it was hinging on on war and then after that you know you get the clone wars and, and everything else that's happening um you know did did they were, were they trying to follow something there is, is kind of what i'm, I'm asking um, right
1: so a little bit more kind of for the greater good you know right if if, if, if a plus B leads to C, and C is like, well, this entire region will destabilize. Well, particularly pre-Clone Wars, they didn't have the the manpower. And again, this will kind of bleed into um, another topic that I think is is very key to how everything went wrong, is that how just painfully obvious Palpatine was about pulling the strings with everything. It's just, how do they not pick up on the fact that, he orchestrated everything on Naboo in episode one to shoehorn himself into power. He kind of plotted along for 10 years, but yeah, he also, he also got the clone war. He also got the clone army created. And Mm -hmm. then he was also behind, uh, count Dooku, who was then behind the separatist army and orchestrated their conflict, which means they had to have the clones, which means the non-militarized Republic becomes this military state with the Jedi again, as their enforcers, as their generals, Mm -hmm. as because of their quote-unquote superpowers uh, and their, their prowess on the battlefield, um, but with their you know their connection to the Force state strong enough to keep them as effective warriors. But in the end of it, now here's another question, in the end of it, when Palpatine makes his hand known and Order 66 has been issued, the, a lot of those Jedi got wiped out super fucking easily. So was, was their connection to the Force so weak at that point that they really couldn't defend themselves? Yoda could. Yoda made mm-hmm. short work of, uh, of chopping up clones in two separate engagements that we saw in that movie. Obi-Wan couldn't be showed down. He and Yoda, just the two of them, fought their way into the temple through the dead bodies of who knows how many clones. What happened to the rest of them? You know, mm-hmm. was, there, was there a real inequity in the Force? I mean, Yoda was a Grandmaster Jedi, but so was Mace Windu. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but then again, it took Palpatine to take him down, but it put, took Palpatine... Plus, you know, the great one, the chosen one to, you know,
0: to make him a lefty. <laughs> <take on that laughs> um, and until I see a body, I'm not going to ever concede that Mace Windu is dead.
1: <laughs> you know what? I I, I, you know, I, I support that because you're right. Proof is proof. Uh, <laughs> and again, we do we do, a, uh, we do a show about canon. And canon is what they say <laughs> is the case. So you're right. They could show us that case at any time because there's never really been anything definitive to say. And look, here's,
0: here's his head on a pike. Uh, mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in an episode of, you know, the, the rebels we, or whatever. We've, we've seen so many Jedi get electrocuted. I'm going to go off a topic a little bit here for a second, Please. but we've yeah. seen so many, so many Jedi get electrocuted. So we know they can survive that we've seen Jedi stop themselves from massive falls or get thrown off of whatever and still survive. We've seen Jedi with way worse than just losing a simple arm, uh, you know, maybe burning close to death and losing every single fricking limb, uh, comes <laughs> to mind. So, you know, uh, people, you know, Jedi can survive way worse than what, uh, our boy Mace Windu, uh, endured. So I'm really hoping that he's the one that saved Grogu or something like that. But, uh, to get back to point, um, <laughs> my little head cannon, uh, fan fiction is, is starting to write itself here, but to nice. get back to point, uh, one, of my favorite theories that explains a lot of how the, the Jedi were losing power or at least how they didn't see everything was the fact that they built the Jedi temple on Coruscant on top of a Sith spire. Like the like, like the
1: haunted house built like poltergeist. Oh no, <laughs> we, built, we, we built it on top of a, of a fucking graveyard that, I mean, that movie always blows my mind because it's about, you know, it's about a real estate developer in Southern California and the guy, uh, they were going to build it over what was, you know, a, 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 a huge cemetery and the developer moved the stones, but not the bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? This kind <laughs> of feels like
0: the same shit, don't you? Absolutely. Think? And it, so, like that always struck me as like, yes, one of the Jedi's big problems is their hubris more than anything else. Now, whether or not you agree with the you know bureaucratic crap and you know who they were serving and and should they have served the republic or should they have just been kind of neutral peacekeepers and and to to the point earlier yes go after the huts it doesn't matter they're not doing the right shit go after them wipe them out uh fix things free the slaves do the right thing it doesn't matter if the republic says uh it's almost civil war type stuff you know what if uh the the un says to go into something it's a cap's position right like what if they say to go somewhere that we don't want to go or what if we want to go somewhere and they say we can't we want to do the right thing and and the you know the jedi seemingly were on tony stark's side of saying like well someone needs to rule us or or guide us and that's going to be the republic so cool for better or for worse um but hubris, I think, is a, is a whole different thing where, you know, we, we saw Yoda and Mace Windu, probably others, thinking maybe they were the chosen ones, so they didn't believe in Anakin. We saw them build this temple on top of a Sith spire, and that spire kind of bleeding out and, and diminishing their power, again, from my favorite fan theory. Uh, so what do you guys think about that? Is, is you know, we're despite any other downfall... Do you think they just kind of got too full of themselves? Kind of, Charlie, you, you nailed it before. Were they were they very similar to Thor in that right. sense?
1: Right, yeah, exactly. They're they're like, well, you know, they kept they they, they had these almighty principles. There was a, there was a time that their connection to the force was clearly enhanced by the fact that they did right, the truth, justice, and the 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 Yoda way or whatever it was, you know, to to adhere to a code. Of conduct that, in time, turned into due to politics. Of course, the everybody's favorite part of Star Wars, uh, politics <laughs> and compromise and. Well, if we do this, it could be this, and we don't really want to commit to this. So there could, be, you know, there'll be a there'll be an all-out, you know, pirate war in the Outer Rim if we take the if we kick the huts off of Tatooine. So maybe we just, we'll just go on and do this thing over here. That's, you know, <laughs> we'll go do a garden tour of you know uh, Cardia or something in debt. or you know, it's not like they were gonna fix you know, it's not like when in the Han Solo movie when we saw that. Uh, um, Oh, my God, I'm uh, Corellia was basically an imperial shithole. It's not like it was always that bad. It's not like it just became that bad, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. the Empire, it was probably always a gangland shithole like you saw in that movie. What did, mm-hmm. it, what did the Republic ever do about that? What did the Jedi ever do about that? Not Yeah, they're supposed to keep the peace. What if keep the peace simply really meant what it really means, I'm sure, in a lot of world politics was just keeping the status quo, keeping things mm-hmm. quiet. Or like Ultron said, this is becoming a big Marvel mansion. Like Ultron <laughs> said, I think you're confusing peace with
2: quiet. Yeah. You know. What yeah, I mean? for sure.
0: Uh, Rich, see, anything jumping out? Yeah.
2: Yeah. See, I I wanted to th- throw something out there. The more I think about this, the more I think the Jedi going in, guns a blazing or lightsabers a blazing, to Tatooine and wiping out the huts or whatever. Isn't that just like forcing your will on the situation. And maybe that's why Mm -hmm. they never, maybe that's why they never did anything about it. Maybe that's why they thought, okay, well we can't, we can't force them to do what we want them to do. We can only be there. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like parenting right you can't force (laughs) right the kid to be what you want them to be you can just kind of guide them and like let them make their own choices and they're gonna Mm -hmm. fuck up pardon me i they're gonna screw up and then you're gonna you know you're gonna be there to catch them when they fall right so Mm -hmm. maybe that's maybe that's the perspective of the jedi but is that the right way to handle it right i mean like yeah that's it I don't know if that's the right way to handle it. And I don't know how the Jedi even allowed themselves to become generals in the yeah. in the Republic army because at one point Qui-Gon says, you know, we can only, we can only protect you. We're not going to fight a war. That's not right. what we mm-hmm.
1: right? Which is which is exactly what flips around. And again, yeah. you don't necessarily know in the 10 years between uh, episode 1 and episode 2 what, you know, how how things changed, what kind of compromises they had to make. Not only to keep the peace, but even at a deeper level, to keep their status quo yeah. you know what I mean to, to stay in this position of esteem well, well you know I mean who hasn't known someone in their life or been part of a volunteer organization or worked at a job where you watch someone else put their own lust for power for lack of a better way to express it ahead of potentially what might have been a more Humane choice or something that might be have actually been for the greater good, but no, you know what's the quote I used to? Uh, it was one of these America the Book. It was like a publication of the Daily Show like twenty years ago, <laughs> and it was like they were quoting like Teddy Roosevelt or some historical figure, and it was it was I was a funny quote. He says, you know, I really loved power, but if I could have had something else, it would have been a little more power, you know. And I know <laughs> I, I always remember that because I think it's true. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. So again, they yeah. have this juice. To be like, well, people really look up to us, and you know, we got these cool ships, and uh, we've got you know this swanky place we live in, and we get chicks on the side, and it's kind of nobody talks about it, and you know, they have all these, they have all these different great benefits, right? So, you know, what really did they do, compromise-wise, to make sure that what they did wasn't jeopardized, that they were still held up to a certain level, there was a certain level of esteem. And they got to they got to live in their ivory tower, yeah.
0: quite quite literally. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you mentioned something before with you know Anakin had the juice, and I, <laughs> I want to get back to Anakin for a second because in the show notes, uh, Charlie, I'm guessing you wrote this. You said Anakin, come on now, he was one big walking red flag.
1: <laughs> what what <laughs> uh, so... did the guy do? That he was pissed off about everything. <laughs> You know, get mad about your mom dying, chop up some sand people. Uh,
0: it's okay. Right, right. So I want to to pitch this out. And and Anakin being a red flag, you know, were they thinking he's so powerful, we're going to ignore this and really try to steer him towards the light side? Were they, you know, it, it, the, at that point completely in the dark because of everything that was going on with Palpatine? So they didn't really sense the, the turmoil as badly as it was in Anakin. Uh, what, what was it about Anakin that they missed and could that have changed? So I added something and put out a question today. And if, if this is too big of a topic, we can revisit it some other time. But if Qui-Gon lived, would Anakin have been the problem that he was? Do you think Qui-Gon could have made a difference as a father figure rather than the brother that uh, you know, Obi Wan was he was never Obi Wan was never a father to Anakin, he was a brother. But Anakin needed a father figure, uh, right. to some, kind of some, guide him, right? Somebody to rein
1: him in, yeah. Somebody to slap him right. on the back of the head
0: when he's being a little, he's being a dickhead. Yes, I agree. Right. Well,
2: I mean, I think that I think that Anakin had a a reverence for Qui Gon mm-hmm. from the get go, so he would have listened to Qui Gon more immediately than he listened to Obi Wan.
0: Right. And, and I mean, Obi-Wan was also pretty staunchly following the rules, whereas Qui-Gon regularly ignored the shit that the Jedi were doing and very much so was leaning towards gray Jediism, or kind of, you know, just going off on his own Ahsoka style or something like that. Like there were massive hints at that that he definitely didn't agree with everything where Obi-Wan was like, yep, these are the rules. I'm going to follow like a good general. Uh, So, you know, could he have seen that kind of turmoil? Could he have said, you know what, let's go free some slaves, free your mother. Let's like, you know, do the right thing. Uh, Like like you said earlier, Charlie, was that, you know, his plan, was that the last thing that he never got to say? Uh, So do you guys (laughs) think if, if Qui-Gon lived and could have reigned in Anakin, uh, do you think the Jedi would have survived? And B, do you think that Qui-Gon could have reigned Anakin or do you think he was just predestined to flip dark side, do what he did and then come back at return of the Jedi and, and, you know, fi- finally bring quote unquote balance until Ray had to bring balance back. Oh, on,
1: that, bringing that,
0: balance back.
1: Hey. Yeah, that balance is so it, that balance is so tricky. It's like, it's a beam. Eh? and <laughs> um and and a question deeper still would Qui-Gon have come back and be like oh palpatine and just stabbed him right they'd be like no you know would he have, <laughs> would the jig have been up would is he like the only smart guy in the room and that's why he had to die you mm-hmm. know what i mean because again Qui-Gon was plenty powerful uh you know and we know that you know even age doesn't play as tough uh, or as big of a factor um, in you know, in being a Jedi, because again, you know, Yoda was nine hundred years old. He was the Grand Master. You know, uh, uh, you know, Mace Window was no spring chicken. Qui Gon was no spring chicken, but just still incredibly powerful. But then you look at Dooku, who is geriatric, but again, powered by <laughs> powered by you know the vibe of the Sith. He's unstoppable. I mean, he takes out, he he spares a life of, but chops up. Uh, obi-wan and anakin in episode two so clearly being that the power of the sith is stronger but obi-wan was one of probably of the field agents uh for lack of a better term um uh and because he was such a rebel anyway um you know qui-gon was one of the baddest cats out there he was out there doing his own thing breaking rules when he thought it made sense And his discovery, air quotes, of Anakin to be the chosen one was the ultimate long game because he had to bring Anakin in. Anakin had to destroy everything. They had to live through 25 years of darkness. Then he brought, then Anakin orchestrated bringing it back, and then he died. So, (laughs) I mean, talk about a, I mean, that was a 35, 38 year long game, almost 40 years to kind of get things all the way through and then they had you know a relative period of another 30 years that were kind of light and then shit started up again and then again at the end of episode 9 we see things quote unquote finally put to bed so was Anakin or was was Qui-Gon the ultimate dude in the long game or was he or
2: was he just jerking off I don't know <laughs> Rich what do you think I think I think that Qui-Gon understood that, that Vader or who would eventually become Vader, Anakin, of course, uh, I think that he understood that Anakin had a path that he had to progress on. And I think that, I think, I feel like Qui-Gon had maybe more of a connection to the force than some of the other more revered Jedi, like, like Yoda or, or Mace
0: Windu by this Mm -hmm. time, because, he well he, he's the one he, that that figured out how to right. come back as a force ghost essentially right right, right. And he, you know right. it was revealed that he you know w- basically was that you know you're going to learn how to communicate was was the last line that yoda said to uh, to obi-wan so you right. know, and and i'm wondering if we're going to see that although they just announced the cast for the obi-wan show so but you know the the hints were that that Qui-Gon, no matter if you have 900-year-old Yoda or any other powerful people, it was Qui-Gon that kind of figured out those secrets right. in death and becoming one with the Force. So, yeah, he was a powerful dude. And Qui-Gon uh,
2: wasn't, like you said, he wasn't, like, beholden to the Jedi. He would go off and kind of do his own thing. He was wandering into that gray Jedi realm. So he wasn't there for this, you know, the the hubris or whatever to cloud their minds and cloud his mind. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he was kind of more clear. So maybe he, maybe he knew that taking Anakin off Tatooine would lead to him having this dark, we'll call it a dark spell. Um,
0: <laughs> an emo phase, an emo nah, phase. I hate
2: you, dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But that eventually he had, he had to do that to come out the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. There's a there's a line that gets dropped in one of the tales of the Jedi comics years and years ago back in the Dark Horse age, uh, the Dark Horse ages. Um, that, dark Horse ages, yeah, yeah <laughs> that um, that you can't rescue someone from the dark side; they have to find their way through and come out on the other end on their own. And so, I think that Qui Gon, I think Qui Gon knew that that Vader was, that he was going to become a Vader or that something was going to happen. Something that was, something was going to darken Anakin. And then mm. he was going to be bring he was going to bring balance, but it wasn't going to come right immediately. You know, like, yeah, he was playing the long game. I i do think he was playing the long game, but I don't know if he knew all the specifics. Right. Yeah. I mean, because it seems like a pretty seriously
1: devious, ball of wax to be playing a long game in quite that fashion <laughs> yeah. that would, you know, plunge the universe into darkness. And well, it's all going to end up being worth it. Cause it's the only <laughs> way instead of just going and, you know, to the senatorial, Oh, master Quagga, got nice to, Oh, and just to stab his ass, <laughs> sneak up behind him in the shower and shiv him. You know, why? Okay. I take that back. I don't know why they would be in a shower together. Yeah, why would that? Maybe that's not such a kind of cogent simile there. So we're we'll just kind of gloss, glossing over and moving on.
0: <laughs> that's that's interesting. My my thoughts have always been um, – well, not always been. I, I, I've mentioned on the show before that after listening to Dave Filoni talk about uh, episode one – my my views of of that movie and and the importance of of what happened in it, especially the the duel of the fates battle, was literally a duel of the fates. And I think, to your point, I think Qui Gon may have known what Anakin was capable of, but I think that fight between between Qui Gon and uh, and Darth Maul was literally a duel of the fate because if Qui Gon lived. I don't know if Anakin still would have had to go through that emo phase. I think it would have been a little bit more power behind the the light side, and uh, and and maybe skip that that in between phase. And who knows what what would have happened there? But I think Qui Gon losing that fight kind of sealed the fate of. You know everything that had to happen afterwards so i don't know if if qui-gon kind of saw that as the divergent path and that's where we get the name as an audience of, of duel of fates um but i'm yeah I'm, I'm curious if if he knew like you said kind of what was going to happen but he also knew what hinged on that battle and sadly uh, sadly lost it but uh yeah it, it's interesting to think about for sure and For anyone listening that's wondering if we're going to have any definitive answers by the end of the show, I don't think so. (laughs) So (laughs) write to at secret friends you on Twitter and let us know your your thoughts. Um, But before before we do wrap it up, I want to I want to kind of keep going and and ask if there's any fundamental problems that you guys think maybe stemmed from the Jedi code. Were they fundamentally broken based on the code? So I'm going to go over the five points of the code and and this is uh, canon ish i think I, I don't know if this has ever been published
1: it, i was going to say it is if you have sourcing on this then it, then we can certainly figure out if it is but regardless we, i, I think i think this is great to looking at it without
0: so occupation. so from from what i've seen there are passing mentions of the jedi code since canon was re-established uh, I think a couple of the pieces of the code have been confirmed, which kind of leads to the others kind of, you know, a roundabout way being confirmed. But anyway, I think most of these are based off of stuff that was, I think, originally from a board game, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Uh, gotcha. but then we're, are like published as, as Canon back in the legends kind of anyway, Let's pretend they're canon for right now and see if they think they're fundamentally wrong. So there is no emotion. There is peace, which I already mentioned. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the force. Anything standing out as severely broken to you guys in that, Rich, we'll start with you. Or like Charlie, if you're already going,
1: <laughs> I, I was going to say like fucking everything that's said here. I mean, if, I mean, you, you kind of roll yourself back uh, to the end of episode three. Uh, you know, moments on, on that precipice on Mustafar. The duel is going to begin. It's 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 the culmination of of everything that you knew was going to come to pass. Uh, when uh, you know, Anakin simply says, having fully embraced the Sith. Methodology, the culture. He has become Darth Vader. If you're if you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Mm-hmm. To which Obi Wan retorts, "Only a Sith deals in absolutes." Well, mm-hmm. guess what, buddy? Read this code. What about this is not an absolute? <laughs> if it's not A, then it's B. If it's not mm-hmm. C, then it's D. So yeah, you're right. This is and again, I know there's a very popular and I'm sure there been there's been much talked about it. And again, in canon, it hasn't really been. Uh, shaken out, but your your light Jedi, your dark Jedi, your Sith, and then your gray Jedi—one that exists in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I find it really hard to believe. You know, having lived my own life and had a lot of different experiences, and and, and I've been married, I've been divorced, I've I've had children, I had a son pass away. You know, I I've I've lived I've lived a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So to say that life is black and white. And to say that, well, it's, you know, your life is a two-story house in suburbia and a nine-to-five job where you drive to an office and a white picket fence and a nuclear family with a wife who stays home and cooks and your two kids and, you know, a little slugger plays uh, softball or whatever it is, none of that is true. Life is whatever hell the hell gets thrown at you and you just, you have to adapt and roll with it and figure out how to live with the changes that happen in life. So to say that this very black and white Jedi code is how they live their life. No wonder nothing ever worked out for these guys. They couldn't adapt. They were, they were inflexible. They were as unbreakable as Beskar steel.
0: steel. <laughs> I'm trademarking that. That one's mine. Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now there is from when I was, I was doing a little research here. There, there are slightly rewritten versions of this code that would say something and I should have written those down as well, but it, it, it would be more along the lines of emotion yet peace. So yes, you can feel emotion, but you should strive for peacefulness, uh, ignorance yet knowledge. So, you know, it's, it's okay not to know everything, but you should strive for knowledge is, is kind of what those, so it's the same basic codes, but the wording has slightly changed. So, Uh, I kind of like those ones better, but for the most part, these are the codes. And I completely agree with what you're saying is if you're staunchly following these black and white or black or white kind of things, you know, you, you can't, you can't be all knowing no matter how powerful you are. So then you're a little bit ignorant. So already you're failing your own fundamental codes. So Um, so rich, do you want to weigh in on, on the code and, and do, do one of the interpretations make it better for you?
2: I think the, I think the latter interpretation makes the code better, but I think this code, like Charlie said, is problematic, how can you possibly have peace with no emotion? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: How can you possibly have knowledge without ignorance? Like you have to start at ignorance to gain knowledge. Uh you can't have serenity without passion. These things are not, they're not separate. There's harmony, but you can't have chaos. You can't have harmony without the chaos. You can't have mm. the, you know, the, the only one that there's an exception to it is the death and the force. Right. right. So that, that one is of course referencing that, you know, you're going to live on in the force no matter what, but you can't have peace without emotion. Like how how in the world get like peace and love go together, right? Peace and mm-hmm. like empathy go together. We talked about empathy earlier. There's there's the Jedi lack empathy because they're not supposed to have emotion. Um, but if if we look at it from that from that rev- revised version, there is emotion, but there is peace. So you have you can have empathy, you can have love, you can have anger. I mean, even Obi-Wan shows anger and despair mm-hmm. is an emotion. He shows despair on, on Mustafar when he's, when he's fighting Anakin. Um, I mean, there is clearly emotion here. This, I think is a, is a, is a, just a, I think it's a, I think it's a folly to even try
0: and follow a code like this. And I'm, I'm going to pick up on something that you said there and, and bounce it back, uh, the the one I have the pro the most problem with, I think, out of all of these is the one that you didn't have a problem with, which is there is no death, there is the force. Right. Uh, so so my interpretation of that, and you can argue with this one if you want to, but there's an interpretation of that that really shows a lack of any kind of empathy, any kind of peace, which is they're not viewing life as important. Because there is no death. There is only the force. So what's stopping them from going, oh, it was that person's time to return to the force. Oh, it was your time to return to the force. Like, oh, you get to be one with the force. That's a better thing than living. There's Mm. no death. Don't worry about it. You're becoming one with the force. I'm going to cut your head off. (laughs) But don't worry about it. Because you're going to become one with the force, you know, so that could be really, (laughs) really twisted to do whatever the hell they want and really show a lack of any kind of empathy, peace, knowledge, serenity, harmony, whatever, that they can justify basically anything. Because if there's no death, then life doesn't matter. And only the force matters, which is... You know, when you die, you return to the force or whatever, like <laughs> that one is massively problematic mm-hmm. if it's interpreted in the way that I just interpreted it. <laughs> uh, your, your way is quite beautiful. And when you first when I first read it, I totally thought the same way. And the more I thought about it, it was like, oh, man, that shit can be twisted. Okay. Uh, so, just you know, like all I think all of these yeah, have, have massive fundamental problems.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. That is really dark though, thinking about the, <laughs> this, this the, God and
0: and Oh By i way,
1: off to the force with you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah,
0: right. That's boom, you get the force. Boom, you right. get the force. It's like yes, Oprah yeah, giving it. away curves, right? It's just <laughs> like yeah, like just just some Jedi going oh, double-bladed lightsaber through a crowd. Jedi, um,
1: Oprah? No.
0: <laughs> so Anakin
2: didn't murder all those younglings. He just made
0: them one with the Force. Exactly. He was helping them become more powerful than you could ever imagine. God Oh, God, that's that's really that's really freaking dark. <laughs> You're welcome. You can like and subscribe and share on iTunes. and uh, oh, Yes, please, um, exactly. Yeah. You're no, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there are some very, very, very dark places that we can go. Uh, but overall, I think unless uh, do you guys have anything Major to add, I'm, th- I'm sure we could talk about this all night, and maybe we will have a return episode once uh, we hopefully hear back from some listeners and that kind of stuff. But uh, any, any kind of winding down thoughts from you guys?
1: You know, I, I would simply say that, you know, I, I think it, overarching, uh, Luke was absolutely right. It was, it was the Jedi's hubris, it was their foolishness that led to this 30-year period of blackness. Um, and even though Darth Vader was the guy who was pretty, he wasn't driving the bus, but he was riding shotgun, he did ultimately <laughs> circle back, circle, yeah, that's what you can name the episode. Darth Vader was riding shotgun. Oh um, he, was ulti- he was ultimately the one to bring balance back around. So by an extension of the fact that everything not being black and white, he was a hero, but he kind of def- defined it in his own way uh, so that it wasn't quite so lily white and it wasn't like if qui-gon would have lived he would have just walked up behind palpatine and stabbed him through the back and the whole thing would have been through the mm. entire system had to be destroyed mm. literally and it wasn't like oh we're gonna we're gonna campaign for change we're gonna decide no everything in the republic sucked everything in the jedi order sucked and was broken <laughs> it had it had to go and yeah. so you know, and, and then it was replaced by the New Republic, and but you didn't, you didn't, you stamped out evil, but you didn't really stamp out evil. So they kind of came back and kicked you in the balls. So in fact, you had to turn around and you had to have kind of part two of fixing. You know, let's let's try let's try to unfuck this, as it were, and try to make it right again. And and they and they did finally, ostensibly from a ten thousand foot view, get it fixed. So you know, it really underscores more to the fact that. Things are not so black and white. Things are very gray. Uh, you know, the Force, the Force in overall does things in kind of in its own time. Uh, mm. And it did, you know, and it took 65 years from the beginning of Episode 1 all the way to the end of Episode 9 for things to really get sorted in the way that they finally meant to be done. So the Force does work in mysterious ways. There is a plan. And it is not to be known by us mortal men women
2: or androgynous beings it just is <laughs> that's what i got rich what about you i think that luke was absolutely correct that it was time for the jedi to die and then of course they were on that path and uh, and then of course jj jj fucked them now they're back <laughs> now the jedi are back
0: <laughs> and that was the last question that i wanted do you think uh ray has a chance of of That kind of hindsight being 2020, can she pick and choose? Will it still be the Jedi if she doesn't follow all of these tenants? Or can she kind of build up the Jedi as what? I think at the base of it, the Jedi wanted to be light side users. They wanted to be peacekeepers. Is there a chance for her to rebuild the order as it was maybe? you know originally meant to to be thousands hundreds whatever uh years you know before the the movies or you know are they just fundamentally broken should just should, should she just start you know whatever the skywalkers is i think so many people wanted her to do uh,
1: oh, in the, sounds, in the fan theories Sounds um, just just like the kardashians it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you know is, is there something there that you might be able to rebuild
2: I think that Ray needs to take what is left of both sides and, and finally do the great Jedi thing. That's what I think.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because,
2: because that's really, I just, honestly, that's when, before I saw the last Jedi, that's where I thought this was all going mm -hmm. and it didn't, but which I I like what we got better, but I also feel like between the seeds were there, right? Like Kylo was saying, you've got to kill the past. You got to let it die. Uh, Luke was saying, you got to let the Jedi die. They could have, they could have had a chance to really mold their own future rather than being like being stuck with whatever people had laid out thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that Ray has a chance to do that. I think that if she takes the best of everything and, and, and works with that, she's got a shot,
0: (laughs) You got it. your exactly.
2: shot, kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so yeah, drill it down, uh, you know, do not lather, rinse, repeat, bring right. out, bring in some different methodologies and realize that the reason that things failed is that they were broken. So to simply do it all over again, it's, you know, I'm sure everyone here, potentially everyone here is at some level a fan of Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica, which is probably my favorite oh, self-encompassed yes. sci-fi show. You know, remember how the show ended, spoiler alert, um, is that there was a moment uh, when uh, Admiral Adama is walking with his son and they're talking about, oh, well, we should, you know, we can lay out the, potential. when they finally land on the planet that becomes Earth and it's really prehistory, they say, well, we can lay out the lines to a city and we can, you know, we're back up to the riverbed. But And then Lee, uh, Adama, is president, acting president of the colony, simply says, no. He says, let's, we leave it all behind. We break the cycle. Uh, let's get rid of air, all the technology, we're just going to fly what's left of the fleet into the sun, technology, and we're just going to start over uh, again. And, and the Admiral says, well, you know, I, you know, you got something more than 40,000 people with just the what's left on their backs to, to start over again. And he said, I think you would be surprised the appeal of a fresh start. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you think yeah. about it in these terms, they've had 65 years of just, just a shit show and everything sucks and one regime comes in and things are up and another regime comes in and things are okay for a while and then it finally comes down to the end of it so yeah, it's ready to say you know what i have the jedi books i think i'm gonna burn them all i'm thinking i'm gonna burn the rest of them now because it's all garbage and everything (laughs) the jedi did kind of sucked um and they you know what they don't exist anymore you're right now we're the now we're the Gleep Glorps or whatever. She'd call them something else. <laughs> Who cares?
0: The, Gleep, the Gleep Glorp Order. There you go. There's your name. I Gleep like Glorp. it. I think that has a great ring to it. Uh, no, I, I definitely agree. I think uh, I think it's time. Whether she calls it the Jedi or something else, I think it's time for, uh, for a change. So hopefully we'll get some sort of continuation, whether in comics, uh, future films, a series, whatever. I just want to see Finn swinging a lightsaber around and training with the Force. Uh, well, uh, but that's nice. just me. We need to get that. Uh, so I think that's it. Uh, before we wrap up and Charlie tells us where he can find us, uh, Rich, where can people find you, listen to you? What's the best place to track down Mr. Rich Davenport on the internet?
2: Oh, you can find uh, my podcasts on Podbean. Uh, We're Great Disturbances and also a View from the Couch, uh, which is a movie podcast I do with my wife. And uh, we are available on all your favorite platforms. We uh, have Twitter handles for each one. It's view underscore couch for a view to the couch, a uh, view from the couch, I should say. I don't even know the name of my own show. And then... Uh, <laughs> Get it together, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying. And then G, at G disturbances for great disturbances. So, yeah, come visit. Or right. And also Code 47.
1: Oh, yeah, that little show. That was show. What a beautiful tee-up, because, oh, my God. Uh, friends, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, this wonderful program, the Hollow Crown Chronicles, is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Uh, Todd Oxtra, who is my best friend of 25 years, we've been doing a little show, called Secret Friends Unite uh, since the fall of 2014, uh, weekly. Uh, Mark, my guest uh, my My co-captain here on this podcast uh, works with Todd on a show called The Co-op Mode, which is about video games. And then Code 47 features myself, Rich, uh, and our friend Aaron uh, talking about Star Trek on a weekly basis. Uh, You can find us over not only on Facebook. We have a very vibrant uh, Facebook geek discussion community. But we're also over on Twitter at SecretFriendsU. Drop us a line. A thought about this episode, A thought about anything relating to video games, Star Trek, geek culture in general, uh, and we will talk about it on one of our programs. Um, we do have a wonderful store on T Public, uh, which uh, offers great Secret Friends merchandise, all of our different shows. It's funny, I was just looking over the catalog just this evening, and sometimes I don't even realize the depth of different stuff they have. They do, mm-hmm. you know, shirts and, and hoodies, but they also do coffee cups, but they do travel mugs. You can get a travel mug with the Holocron Chronicles logo on it. Uh, and actually and masks. Right. And mask. I just had, there was a mask sale just today because I, Mm -hmm. I admin the store. So I get the notes when those come in. So I love that. Uh, All of those uh, benefit, uh, benefit charity, uh, benefit of charity. We're actually in the process of choosing a new charity uh, that that will actually benefit. But that's what we do with the money that we get in. Um, So you can uh, support the less fortunate and support our show kind of at the same time. So please uh, visit Secret Friends Unite over there on TeePublic. Just search for us and you will find us. So, gentlemen, thank you as always. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. May the force
0: be with you. Rex, play us out. <laughs> <laughs> Woo!